Welcome to Love Stories, the podcast where the study of symbols, myth, and sex tell us why we fall in and out of love today. Our guest is Court Wong. He is a local musician. He is one of my oldest friends. Um, he lives in Fort Worth, Texas. What's up, Court? Hi. Um, yeah, so this is the first ever episode of Love Stories. I'm honored to be first. That's exciting. Yeah, I'm honored to to be doing this with you. Um, so, I mean, so when I talk about, like, myth and symbols and sex related to a band, um, like, what, what do you, how do those relate for you? Uh, well, I think, like, first and foremost, a lot of the songwriting that I do is based in, like, a lot of classical myth and sort of like archetypal stories um, as they sort of relate to human experience today. So it's something that I find very relevant when it comes to making music. And as a result, I think it's something that I bring into any projects that I do with people. Um, I think storytelling is a huge aspect of art, um, or it can be. Um, and as that relates to the relationships between people, when creating collaboratively, I think there are a lot of parallels there. So, um, yeah, so we are talking about collaboration here because you're, you are your own artist, I, you know, you, you do your solo thing. Um, and you also play in bands sometimes, uh, and you've been playing with John Connery, the band that we're in together. Yeah. Um, so why, like, you know, I, I imagine you get probably the most out of being a solo artist. Um, I think you've said that to me before. Yeah. Um, well, that's kind of changed over the years actually. Um, mm -hmm. and I have to credit John Connery with a lot of that. Um, and before that, um, another band that we were in together, Jason Throws Whiskey, um, <laughs> we had a lot of experiences sharing creative control but also having to manage power dynamics between members of the group. And yeah. sometimes it works out really well. And sometimes there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen, as it might be said. Um, what I get out of collaboration is different perspective. You know, what I get out of songwriting myself is, um, you know, a sense of that creative control, but really the ability to get really personal without feeling awkward or embarrassed because I'm sharing that with other people. Um, but even in my solo work, I've been working more with a producer, Joseph, and I've been having to share a lot more of that creative control, and I'm much more comfortable doing that as a result of having worked in some of these other projects. Um, well, so, like... You've played in a lot of bands, I'm going to say that, because um, I remember when we lived in Austin. Yeah, I you played were, in like three or four bands there yeah, in Austin. like simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So like what draws you to play with other musicians? Then you said perspective. Right. Is that what you, like what you were thinking going in? Like well, what drew you initially? Right. Um, a lot of times, to be honest, it's just doing a favor for a friend, right? Um, someone else has an idea for a project they want to do and they say, I need someone who can play electric guitar. Or I need someone who can play bass. 
or I need someone who can sing harmonies, you know, and they, they reach out to me and I say, this sounds like fun. So you like to do favors for I, people. You know, I'm, I'm bad at saying no, <laughs> uh, but, um, the, the other side of that really is that, um, I really love having the opportunity to play styles of music that I would never otherwise get to play. That's a huge draw for me when it comes to playing with, um, especially bands that have more of like, you know, like a, a proto punk kind of sound or like more of a progressive electronic rock kind of a sound, like things that are heavier and less lyric driven, more, um, you know, music melody driven. Um, that makes a big difference to me because my own songwriting historically has not involved a lot of that. Usually it's me and an acoustic guitar and the acoustic guitar is either finger picking or strumming some simple chords. There's no riffs, there's no licks, there's no, you know, none of that pretty much. Um, and then it's just kind of a platform for my voice to just sit on top of, you know, um, very simple stripped down kind of a style. Um, so getting to collaborate with a lot of other musicians on a regular basis and sort of see how that affects the composition, but also how the dynamics of performing together kind of come about because, you know, with some bands, as soon as you hit the stage, it's just like a switch is flipped. And then some bands, when you're in rehearsal, it feels just like easy and effortless and just perfect, you know? And then, you know, you want that magic formula where you get both, right? Where you feel relaxed and at ease, but also like you're making each other better performers just mm -hmm. by virtue of the fact that you're there together. So I think having that opportunity gives me a lot of incentive to be better, um, you know, in a technical sense, but also then as far as like listening to the other musicians that I'm playing with and really allowing them to influence the way that I perform and the way that I play. So, so you're bad at saying no and <laughs> you get a lot of good things out of it. Um, like you get good experiences and, um, you, it sounds like you learn from other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you kind of like that is this going to <laughs> turn into something or not kind of thing? Like maybe there's, um, I mean, like you have thrill. to be open to that, you know? Yeah. Um, because if you're not open to it, you end up in a situation where you are the one holding the group back. Mm, okay. You know? So if you're not open to expansion of whatever the project is, then there's no reason for you to be in it. That's fair. Um, so that is the call to adventure. What we've just discussed described um and now we are going into um the gathering of the allies on this heroic journey um so like you mentioned a minute ago proto punk what is john connery john connery to me is like kind of a lo-fi like the beats are you know more i would say like closer to like older like 80s 90s like even like hip-hop beats you know um yeah you've said break beats before to mm -hmm. me <laughs> yeah for sure and um what i love about working with our drummer uh brian is that brian we i know right shout out um is that like he can completely change the direction of a song that would otherwise feel very kind of straightforward i don't want to say formulaic um, but you know, it provides a lot of depth and 
rhythmic nuance that otherwise I feel like you really miss out on. And as a bassist, part of the rhythm section, like his drum beats have a huge effect on the lines that I write. Right. And as a result, like I think my lines become much more interesting. Um, My rhythms become more interesting and the overall dynamic becomes a little bit more kind of on your toes, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's hard to just kind of like sit back and really settle in because that's always kind of changing. So like what genre are you playing with Brian? I mean, like it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like uh, funk and soul, but like it definitely has rock elements at its heart, you know? Okay. Um, and then I would say, you know, given some of the opportunity, we slip more into a little bit of like, you know, like a pop R and B or hip hop kind of a groove. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of that depends on what else is going on in the song, you know, because, um, the songs do kind of span a range of styles and that's one of the things i love about john connery is that like it's a synthesis of all of us coming from kind of different musical backgrounds um because like i do come from like a more classical traditional background um but i also love uh jazz for instance and i like a lot of like classic rock and things like that but like Mm -hmm you know i don't get to explore a lot of other styles like funk and r&b and stuff like that um yeah. as much as i enjoy them you know i think bo really pushes those absolutely genres yeah. he the pushes band. yeah um he plays the guitars <laughs> yeah yeah um so he kind of yeah he definitely pushes more of like the funk kind of feeling um but he also wants to draw in a lot of those kind of like indie rock uh feelings as well you know with like people like you know like broken bells or um I say there was another group that like we drew pretty heavily on, I think in the early days, um, that had definitely more of that kind of like slightly electronic, um, but still very like oh, yeah. simple stripped down kind of a feeling, you know? Yeah. I know what you're talking about, but I, I can't remember what band it was. I'm blanking. Yeah. Oh, Arctic monkeys. Maybe. Yeah. Definitely yeah. Like some of the, you know, just like, let's just like dig into this like pretty hard line you know and just like let that be what it is you know right um and we can just sit on that groove for a little bit and then when the lyrics come in it's you know um it's just a different kind of a vibe you know so who is john connery um john connery you mean like where did the name come from or like Like who is he who (laughs) or they who are they uh so uh well you know john connery is like a synthesis of like sean connery and John Connor from Terminator. Okay. Uh, I guess like Terminator 2. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if there's any meaning, but I think it actually does lend itself a lot to kind of the era of music that we draw from heavily, which I would say is like, That's like I said, kind of that 80s, 90s, like okay. early 90s. Um, and then like a little bit of like countercultural, you know? Um, but still with some mainstream elements, because I think the idea is to make it accessible, but also make it interesting. Right. So Sean Connery is kind of your very like, hey, this is like and he was doing some like really kind of like off the wall kind of stuff in like the 80s, 90s, because like he could, you know, hey, like like Samuel L. Jackson now just kind of does whatever the heck he wants, you know. So like that was kind of where Sean Connery was <laughs> at that time. Um, and then also, of course, you have, like, this, like, weird sci-fi, like, cult classic that became, like, this huge, like, action hit for, like, I have no idea, like, where any of that came from, you know? So, just a little bit off the wall, but definitely something that draws on elements you're familiar with. Yeah, I guess, like, when I think about what you're what you're saying now, 
um there's definitely an element of like mystery dream um i mean you mentioned it's like almost kind of spooky you know it is it it is spooky yeah it's like it's very dark Mm -hmm. um like you know there's sort of that highlander kind of thing like Mm -hmm. um yeah there there is like a fantasy like a dark epic or like dark fantasy kind of feeling a little bit in the especially in the lyric writing i would say that's there and then you know there's definitely a little bit of like a like yeah like a like a weird science kind of vibe to it as well um which has a lot to do with like you know kind of the mix while we were recording and then some of the instruments and production that we decided on while we were working on yeah this is uh this is cool i'm glad you're i'm glad you're bringing this up because i hadn't thought about it quite like this before yeah yeah um well so it's time to cross the threshold into the other world um because you start in the world of life as a hero and then once you hear the call you get your buddies and you go into the world of death and uh so what really drew you to like fall in love with this project Hmm. um I would say it was kind of a combination of things. So um, I had a failed, I don't want to say failed, but a semi-abandoned music project when I lived in Austin with a really close friend of mine. And one of the reasons that it didn't work out very well was because I was not in a place to really share creative control in like a healthy way. Um, I didn't, so for me it was either like, I'm leading the ship or you can tell me what to do. But if you want me involved, then like I need to sort of take hold of the reins. Um, And that was something that I had struggled with for years and years and years and playing bass in a band, it's pretty easy to just take a backseat, you know? Um, But one thing about John Connery that really challenged me in that way was to say like, no, you need to be part of this collaborative process. Like everyone needs to participate here because like, we're trying to create a sound that is a synthesis of all of our musical backgrounds and it doesn't work if we're not all actively engaged in that process and i kind of had this moment of just like okay so you know maybe i have like moved past enough of my own insecurities about being a creative person to say like okay i can really share this and i'll bring my contributions but i'm not going to bring my pride or my ego and is there something about like falling in love that is um, trying to get it right? Uh, maybe. I think really what it is is just trying to be the best version of yourself that you can. But also remembering no matter what else happens that your job is to support the growth of this relationship. is to support the growth of this project that you're part of, you know, whatever that is. So like if that's your marriage, that's great. You know, if that's your parenting and your your children's future then that's great you know if it's the success of a musical project you kind of have to define what success looks like first of all right like if it's millions of streams then that's one thing but if it's something you know more along the lines of like we just want to grow together we want to make the best music that you know we collaboratively are able to do we want to get the best quality production recording that we're able to get we want to create the best product that we're able to create um i think keeping those goals in mind and knowing that what you do is either going to help or hurt that 
and remembering that your job as part of that family is to help it as much as possible and to own up when you're not helping, you know, understanding that you make mistakes, but you still have to take responsibility for them and ideally try to correct and make them better. You know, I remember this conversation we had when we were recording one day at, um, uh, BD's and we were standing out front just trying to kind of get away from the space for a minute. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, you said something to me like, you know, I said, I think I noticed you. I was like, you seem different now Mm -hmm. today. Yeah. I remember this conversation. And you said, yeah, I've been different. Um, I just decided that I was going to show up differently. Yeah. In general. Yeah. And like, I think, you know, personal life circumstances played a role in that, but I think really it has to do with making a decision as a creative professional. Like if I'm going to do this, I need to do it. And if I'm going to be part of it, I need to really show up and I need to bring my best work and I need to bring my best self to that process. And if I'm not able or not willing to do that, then I shouldn't be part of this. And it's a pretty clear yes or no at this point for me. If I, if I don't believe that it's something I can fully commit to and, and I don't mean as far as like, you know, 40 hours a week or whatever. I just mean like when I'm there, be there. And when I'm part of it, be part of it and actively engage with it. If I'm not able or willing to do that, then I have to say no. And I guess like when you're talking about how you were different that day, um, I think of like how before that there was a period of time where we were in hashtag the stuck place. Yeah. Um, where like, that's like kind of the, once you get into the world of death, you just kind of get bogged down by the fact that you are in this weird unknown place and it's scary and you're not, you're not really sure how to move forward. Right. It's um, paralyzing. It's I think paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, like you were in that state for a while. Yeah. I think there was a I'm little getting. bit of like imposter syndrome happening there. You know, this feeling of like, I'm not, I'm not qualified to be part of this. I'm not good enough to do this because I'm out of my depth. This is not the kind of music I oh make. Oh my God. Yeah. I have this that is not the kind too. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Um, because like it was, a, it, it is, a, it is a challenging project, you know? Um, and Bo is pushing us so hard right. to like be more, to be without any real different. specific direction, yeah. which is like, it was, <laughs> it was just also challenging, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, um, just from that standpoint of like, you know, if you, if you come into it with this mindset of like, I'm not good enough and I'm not enough and I'm not capable of being enough, then yeah. Like, what are you going to contribute? You know? Like, and, and I remember one time we were walking, um, around Bo's grandmother's neighborhood mm. in the dark and we talked about that. Like it was the time when Brian couldn't make it yeah, We recorded. Yeah. Would you say with just the three of us just to see what it would sound like? Right. And like changed the baseline and like everything was different now. Yeah. Um, I remember you were just kind of like, yeah, like I'm not sure if I'm really needed here kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think part of that was just feeling of like, you know, um, feeling like I was being pushed to collaborate in a really active way. And then also feeling like my contributions were routinely and exclusively being rejected. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which was more in my head than in reality. How do you know? Uh, based on what we kept and what we didn't, you know, <laughs> cause like, it's easy for me to fixate on the things that 
you know, quote unquote, didn't work or that needed to change. Yeah. Um, as well, opposed to I think you can all hear the things that did stay, you know, like on the Never Enough album, hashtag Never Enough. It's coming out on October 10th. 10 10. There's going to be, I can't remember if it's seven or eight tracks. I think it's, I think it's it might be seven. seven at this point. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you have bass lines on every track mm-hmm. that we did keep. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, that's not to say that there wasn't some like tweaking because of course there is, you know? Oh yeah. But I think the idea is that <laughs> I like went in there and tweaked. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you want, if you want me and you tell me you want me, then I'm going to give you me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And whatever that looks like is you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't want me, then you don't want me and that's okay. You know? Um, so we kind of had to work through a little bit of that. Um, and I think I needed more reassurance at that time than normal to to really believe that, you know, John Connery did want me. Yeah, there were other things going on in your life, too. Hmm. Like you were having Always. a kid and... Not sleeping, etc. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you had, you had just had Camille, like around the time we had that conversation, you know, the walk in the dark yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, sounds about right, yeah where you're just kind of like man like i don't know if i can do this if i'm really helping <laughs> right yeah it's like kind of a just a dark time anyway i mean of course it was a beautiful time but a dark night of the soul maybe yeah yeah i mean you're a moment going of through introspection more, more yeah. than one hero's journey <laughs> at Could the same time and, yeah and you were in the stuck place in both of them mm. <laughs> some some ways yeah the well, unknown and then, you know with my own solo music as well it was one of those times of just like you know i committed to getting back into it and i was still trying to find my way and figure out how i was going to do that so Mm -hmm. well let's talk about the trials um and we kind of already have in many ways but uh i think that you uh yeah i think you kind of covered like what you needed to get out of the stuck place which was some more reassurance than you might normally need Mm -hmm. um which i think is so beautiful that you identified that too that you needed someone to basically say like you are enough and that you are helping and yeah we appreciate you yeah yeah (laughs) i remember i had a few conversations with you about that yeah i take a lot of convincing sometimes yeah well uh what was your favorite or favorites um when you when you look back on like the jc songs like oh man um so one of the ones that like always sticks with me is um polite black cat that's just like i think maybe because it's closer to the style of music that i write you wrote that chord progression um i think i wrote parts of it yeah you wrote the whole thing um is that true yeah yeah you taught it to me in 2015 oh man that is right 2015 yeah it's been a long time coming um (laughs) i like that one because it has like a little bit of like a surfy kind of a feel which we we kind of had really early on when we first started working yeah, out. There was definitely yeah. come of that like there was a little bit of like almost like a roots rock feel and a little bit of this surfy kind of business. Um but we definitely steered away from that and I'm glad that we did. But having that little bit of that kind of swing in these otherwise like like I said, just a little bit kind of like off the wall um but definitely more like you know lo-fi a little bit more like r&b hip-hop kind of feeling like it's just kind of nice to see all that come together and i feel like it blends like in a really effective way um and then i think like we all just love uh billy mays grimes 
that's mm-hmm. like yeah. that's just like that's another one that i'm just like man this song could be like 20 minutes long <laughs> and like i would not I think even it's care. already like six or seven minutes long yeah and which is like nothing you know when you really get into that groove because it's such a nice like you know like just yeah you could just live in that groove you know Mm-hmm. yeah it's over too soon yeah um <laughs> oh so you were kind of talking about like the the surf rock period that we went through because we went through a lot of different periods that's true yeah um as we were developing our sound mm-hmm. and i think that was so 2015 right it's 2019 now so four years ago we were working on that yeah um with a different drummer mm-hmm. and uh we've come all this way and i think we are entering into the meeting with the goddess the great boon um so like what what gifts um did you like did you get i mean i I know you've said that it's influenced your personal style right that stands out to me so um yeah like maybe i'm curious to hear how well let me start with like because the way i look at this with the with the hero's journey is that like i like the boon that is going to help us move forward as john connery um because like personally of course like i take um i take some of the influence from that but i think like um one of the gifts that we all received was um i think just a willingness to be perfectly open and frank with each other in a way that we hadn't really been able to before i think because like all of us in different regards were sort of raised in a little bit of a like you keep your feelings to yourself kind of a way which i think is just how we raise men in our society in a lot of ways but i think um in large part i would say thanks to you um because at the time you you were going through your counselor program um at unt and I think you were bringing some of those tools and skills that you were learning into the rehearsal space and giving us opportunities to sort of become more honest and in that way, like more intimate with each other. And I think without that opportunity, we couldn't have really been able to have the difficult conversations we needed to have all together in order to work past each of our own kind of personal issues that we had been consciously or unconsciously bringing into the space you know, and into our rehearsals and things like that. And I think at that point we sort of baggage. Yeah, it is. Um, And I think at that point we were able to sort of identify what those things were and say, okay, so how do we move forward? You know? And then we're sort of left with that question of like, how do we move forward? You know, now that we've sort of identified what these issues are, but I think that in and of itself is a boon, you know, to even recognize what's going on because a lot of bands, they just say, you know what, like this isn't working and they don't say why because they don't know why because they're not thinking about it or because they haven't talked to each other about it um i've seen a lot of a lot of projects break up just because like people had grievances that they didn't air and eventually just burnt out and said you know this is not worth it anymore or because they brought it up but they brought it up in a way that didn't make it possible for any sort of reconciliation or any sort of way forward other than you know demanding really extreme demands that were not reasonable in their own right, you know, sort of overcompensating, I think, um, because mm. they'd been sitting on it for so long and they built up all this resentment. Yeah. So, um, that I think is sort of a boon as far as I, I see it. Um, 
as far as me personally like the way that john connery has influenced my sound well it's definitely encouraged me to work with a band more so i have a backing band that i perform with um yeah and that's made a huge difference um <laughs> in in my career uh locally as far as attention that i'm getting and shows i'm able to play and things like that because as a solo artist you're pretty limited um as far as venues and types of venues and then um the collaborative nature of working with a band and sort of saying like yeah i am still i sort of have that executive decision but i'm so much happier to uh to share that control with people and say i want to know what you think i want you to i want you to tell me what's going to sound good and we'll try it and if it doesn't work then i have the wherewithal um largely from john connery to say like why it's not working and what i want instead um i think looking at music with more of a producer's eye and a producer's ear as opposed to a songwriter's ear makes a huge difference um it sounds like you've learned something about leadership yeah i think um you know leadership is not about power it's not about control it's about knowing who can contribute what and allowing everyone to do the best work that they can do and giving them opportunities and challenging them um in that way to to make it as good as it can be well so i want to talk about the uh the final ordeal which is where uh we pay the price with every gift you know there's uh there's a price to pay and i think that like i i speak personally that i've fallen in and out of love with john connery many times mm-hmm. um and i wonder what that's been like for you yeah um I think um, I think to me it's less about falling in and out of love and more um, feeling like I'm like sometimes it's an abusive relationship you know um, and not abusive specifically towards me but just unhealthy or toxic you know um, I would find myself at times you know driving back from rehearsals and like just fuming you know about something and probably like something that didn't really necessarily involve me directly but involved me as a part of john connery and a lot of frustration you know and i would bring that home you know and i bring that home to my family and my wife and my kids and like and that would be um you know that then would become a real problem you know um and then there were other times where you know i'd go home and i'd be thinking like oh my god like yeah this is this is it like we're doing it this is great you know we finally figured it out and i i don't think there's ever a figured it out quote unquote you know i think you're always evolving and your relationships are always evolving and the the overall dynamic is going to evolve but i think one thing that um that kept me coming back was believe it or not not the people i mean y'all are great and like i do i do value my Thank you. my relationships with all of you <laughs> But what continued to bring me back was this challenge of working through, you know, the obstacles that we may have interpersonally had um, and that musically we, we, we had as well. Because, you know, like I said, we're all coming from different musical backgrounds um, and some of us have like more or less kind of formal training than others. We all have different like musical tastes and styles that we're bringing into it and making all of that work together is really hard. Um, but you know there's a part of me that loves that challenge um and that is one of the things that kept me coming back was just like man like when we really lock in and when we get it right this thing is amazing 
but it's such a delicate balance and it's so hard for us to do because if any of us is not really on our game then it just doesn't happen um because i think we're all very like we vibe off of each other really strongly like more more so than any other band i've been in um including the band that i lead right now um which is like something that i'm trying to work on actively you know is saying like okay i want to make sure that like i'm really in sync with these guys a little bit more um and like that just sort of happened naturally i think because we were all friends you know or we all had relationships before we started playing together um you yeah. know because like I, i've known you forever you've known me and Bo for a long time i've known Bo for a long time in you know more of a friend capacity mm-hmm. um and then Bo and brian have known each other for a long time brian was you know sort of a new addition but like he fits right in just because he's he's like like unapologetically himself you know which i love about (laughs) brian like if there's one thing i love about brian it's just that like man he's always real he's always who he is and he's never going to pretend to be someone else um which is huge to me so yeah i mean big challenge absolutely big challenge um but i would say that definitely there were times when i i was like i'm done with this you know and there were definitely times where like man this could be the thing you know this could be what what i do you know kind of full time in order to be a musician you know like this could be that vehicle yeah there's a lot of pain in in making music with people Mm -hmm. well there's a lot of vulnerability you know um you have to be willing to risk you know and i think if you're working with musicians who are not willing to risk and really be honest and transparent, then that process gets held up. That creative process slows down. It it slows down to like, to a snail's pace. Whereas like, if you're all open, then the flow that you can generate and collaboratively create is like, it moves too fast sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you can't keep up with the ideas because they keep coming out and, you know, I think all of us kind of have our own perfectionist mentalities when it comes to certain things. Like Brian and I, we insist on having structure that's very clear. You know, we need that. Yeah. You know? And like, that's part of being <laughs> rhythm section, you know, like you do have to have that. There are many like rehearsals where you guys were like, so what, what's the structure? <laughs> right. Or like, is it the same as last week or not? No, no it's different. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Um, or like, well, that's not course. how we played it last week after we played it. And then someone would be like, yeah, yeah it is. And it'd be like, oh, you want to go get the recording? Like, we'll go, we'll go listen. And then we'd waste time doing that, you know? And it's, it's mm-hmm. things like that, that like, you know, you waste time squabbling over things that are not important, you know, but they serve your ego and your pride in that moment because it's important to be right. Whereas I think when you're all sort of open with each other, and you recognize that like everyone's going to make mistakes and everyone has something of value that they contribute, then you're not so concerned with who's right and who's wrong. Mm. You're more open to what the song needs and you're really listening to the song. You're not listening to what your head is telling you. You're listening to what the music is telling you. Yeah. Which is hard to get to. And it does require that vulnerability. And like, it does come with a fair amount of pain sometimes when you feel rejected, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's not like they're rejecting your idea. It's like they're rejecting you. And it's hard to dissociate those two things, you know, because they're not the same. But if you bring too much of your ego into it, then it is the same. 
Yeah, I can definitely remember more than once where I was like, I was that person that was like, that's not how it was. Or yeah, it yeah. was like that. And then we would listen and I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> But even if <laughs> you were wrong. right, like, why are we arguing about it? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Part of the issue was that it kept changing, you know. Mm-hmm. It was hard to keep up, I guess. Yeah, it happens. Well, uh, so we've done a lot of work and we've kind of we're close to release here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are entering into the return to the world of life. Um, I think we're not quite there yet. I think we are kind of like we are currently paying the price of our hero's journey and like getting closer, though, to that victory return home. Um, so as we near the release, how are you feeling about the project? How are you feeling about the songs? Um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good about the songs. As far as the project itself, I, I do have some like, I guess trepidation maybe is the word. Um, and it's not because I don't like the project and I don't want to be a part of the project. I think it's really just because, um, it has, you know, we've been kind of on hiatus as far as like rehearsing and performing because we've been so focused on assembling tracks and mixing and production and you know you've been recording more vocals but you've kind of been doing that more like on your own time as opposed to all of us meeting together like we used to do um so like it's been a long time since we were all together you know and i have a little bit of like you know i feel a little anxious about like that moment if and when that happens you know um as far as the music i love the music and i'm really excited to get it out there and i'm really excited to be sharing it with people um, I think there is sort of a big question mark for all of us, which is like, what happens, you know, when the music is released, you know, like what happens? Do we, are we going to start playing shows again? Do we start performing in some other like altered capacity? Um, like who's going to be there? What is it going to look like? What's it going to sound like as a result? You know, like, you know, because yeah, the production we've done has has definitely changed a lot, you know, from even the live sound that we had when we were recording, you know. So it's like it's really interesting to kind of look back at that and say, like, oh, OK, like, you know, these recordings are going to be sort of the quote unquote final versions of these songs, you know. So then coming back and, and jumping into that, it's got a different feeling, you know, yeah. already than it did at the time, um, just because they weren't all recorded that way you know it's sort of been changed and digitally altered as well you know well i mean the major i think the glaring um piece of this story that we're kind of dancing around is that Bo won't be there when we come back together yeah and like that's weird that's really am i allowed to curse yeah that's really fucking weird like it feels wrong in a sense you know because you know Mm -hmm. because Bo did in a lot of ways uh shape the sound itself um and brought that influence in and to have someone else potentially come in and like play that is not going to feel the same so then you have to ask yourself okay when we continue you know performing writing whatever that is um how does that change you know because like we have a lot of recorded music that is going to be released and there's this big question of just like okay how much of that involves Bo's guitar parts versus how much of that's going to involve a new guitarist 
Um, and how is that going to change the sound, you know, because like every guitarist is different the same way that every vocalist is different. So like they're going to bring in whatever different style that they have, you know, so you kind of have to ask yourself like, is this even going to look the same? Is it gonna be the same project? Um, because like, you know, every band goes through this. If they, if they stick around long enough, members, members leave, you know, and members, new members come in, you know, and the sound changes and they still brand themselves the same way. And that never feels right to me. Um, because that to me is not what a band is, you know, that to me is like, that's a backing band where the members are interchangeable. Do you know what I mean? Because like, because then there's one person at the helm who is in charge of the sound as opposed to a band, which to me is much more collaborative, you know, because we all work together and we all bring our own style into it. So as soon as one of those members leaves, it's not the same thing anymore. It's not the same band. So to come back and call it that is sort of like, it feels a little bit weird to me. Um, so that's definitely like, that's definitely a, a big question mark for me as well of, of like, if this comes back and we keep making music together, do we still call it the same thing? If we call it the same thing, how does it feel? You know, does it feel right? Does it feel maybe disingenuous to do that? And I just mean from personal perspective, I don't mean from like an audience perspective because I don't think that an audience, I don't think it's going to change that much that an audience can be like, this is just wrong, you know, but it has a lot more to do with that dynamic. You know, like I said, you know, when you get all, all, all the people together and they're performing together and you know, the way that they buy with each other and the way that they, um, reflect off of each other and they influence each other. That's, that's unique to every combination of people. And there's no way to fabricate that. I think that when, you're when a person is in the paying the price stage of their journey um it can be really hard to see because like what's after paying the price return what's after that the master of two worlds and it's really hard to see how you're going to get from here to there right you have to go back into the world of life again right right now we're the walking dead right well we don't have perspective right yeah because you're in it yeah. yeah, and I think that's, that's it's like impossible to see, and we won't know until we get there. In fact, right. like what it means to be a master, and usually, you've, in my experience, one finds himself a master um, unwittingly. Like, mm. oh, hey, I'm doing this now. <laughs> right, this is weirdly working. Mm-hmm. Um, having plunged into the depths and emerged. Yeah. Um, well, uh, as we wrap up, you know thinking about the final step of the hero's journey before, you know, chasing after the call again, the life of service, that kind of dedication. I thought maybe this would be a good place to, um, think about what's coming next for John Connery and, um, for you as an artist. Um, well for me personally, you know, um, been working more with this band. Uh, I have an EP coming out, I'm hoping at the end of the year, we, my producer and I just sat down and do you know what it's called? Uh, it's called make or break. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's actually fun because I don't write, I don't write about like romantic love really very much at all. Um, but over the past, like 12 years, I've collected like six love songs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? So yeah, three of them are, are sort of like the, the happy side of love and three of them are sort of the more problematic side of, of love, the difficult parts, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so some of those deal with like codependency. Um, some of them deal with just like, just 
you know, love ending, you know, it's things like that. So there's, oh, man. there's kind of, I can't wait for that. Yeah. I'm going to so have like, to interview you again. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, love, we're hoping to love press stories, it, man. Yeah. Um, we're hoping to press it to vinyl. So there's going to be kind of like the make Ooh. side and the break side, you know, um, I've got a okay. sculptor working on some artwork for me, which is really exciting. Um, and, uh, it feels good to be doing, um, a collaborative project again, you know, because the last full length I did was in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, you know, six years since I've really gotten to work with musicians in session and studio. Um, and it makes, it makes everything just more possible, so much bigger, you know, you can do so much more with it. So I'm excited about that. Um, playing a lot of shows. I don't know when this is being released, but next big one is going to be September 20th, um, at Twilight Lounge in Fort Worth. Brian, I think will be running sound. Nice. Um, yeah. So that's exciting. I'll and, be there. uh, yeah, I'll be playing with Meech Pango and Svenny Baby. Um, there's some really awesome uh local acts so that'll be a lot of fun um yeah and then in january um i'll be uh going on a little tour just around texas with this um with this new ep and uh i think that might be a debut performance or another a new debut performance of john connery as well um as part of that tour up in denton um so i'm looking forward to that I'm very curious to know <laughs> how it's going to work, you know? Yeah. It's going to be great. How many months away is that? January from here, uh, five months maybe? Four? Okay. So I don't we know. got four to five months to figure that out. Yeah, plenty of time, yeah. We no. won't even know who we are anymore. By I'm then. not worried about it at all, actually. Because, <laughs> like, at this point, once you've got recordings, the structure's going to stay the same. Yeah. So, like, yeah, that's, that's all true. I got to do is just make sure I still know my parts. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I kind of wanted to give a shout out that, you know, you've mentioned too, that there's going to be more releases for John Connery. Yeah. Um, we do have a huge backlog of material that I'm mixing and mastering, putting together. So we've got a love songs EP that we're going to release too. Cool. Might be cool to co release That could be very interesting. Together. Yeah. Um, we have some covers we're going to release. It's going to be Spotify only cause they provide the licensing yeah, yeah. when you release there. That's easier. Um, we have basically four B-sides albums. <laughs> and I haven't totally figured out. <laughs> they're all EPs, You've I guess. You've got four of them. Like four. I want, to, I, want to, I want to not spend too much time on it because I do want to be able to, um, you know, move forward and write Start some moving stuff. New, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it's yeah. easy to sort of like, you know, for me especially, like, having done this for like 17 years now like i have so much old material and i keep thinking like oh man i never really gave that song like i never did it justice you know i never got it with a full arrangement and got everything in there and it's so hard not to just look at my my back catalog as opposed to like making new music so i actually wrote a new song for the first time in like a year like two days ago oh really yeah super excited about that but it's just like (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that's just another thing. You know, I have a new idea for a concept album that's coming down the pipes. And I'm just like, oh, this is going to be great in like 2030, I guess. I don't know, like whenever I finish all the things yeah. that I already have on my plate. So it happens. Well, thanks, Court. Um, I, again, I'm so grateful for you um, being my first guest. Yeah. Hopefully there will be more love stories to come. Um, and for all you out there listening, I hope... Uh, you find love in your life don't forget to like comment subscribe (laughs) oh we are on the internet come find us share this with your friends 
And don't forget to check out John Connery's new album coming out October 10th, 2019, and the single Billy Mays Grimes, which is coming out on October 1st. I was gonna uh, make sure you mention the name of the album. Oh, I didn't tell you the name of the album. <laughs> the name of the album is Never Enough. Thank you.